Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Come on, just take a moment and thank you for the goodness. Thank you for His blessings. Oh, we praise you, God. Oh, we love you, Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you, praise team, you musicians for leading us and ushering us into the presence of God. Let's clap our hands and thank God again. We are so thankful for each and every one of you that have made your way to the house of God on a Sunday night. It feels good to be back at the anchor on Sunday nights. Praise God. Welcome all of you, all of our guests there in the building. We're so thankful that you are here. We do believe God has something special for each and every one of us that have made our way to God's house tonight. Those watching by way of the web, we say to you, we're so glad you've joined. We pray you can feel what we feel right here in the house of God, right in your own home. We pray God blesses you. Amen. Worship with us tonight. Hallelujah. We're so good to have Pastor and Sister Ryan, amen, from Johnstown, Ohio, doing a tremendous work there. People are being healed. People are being, amen, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. We're so glad for the Ryan family. And my good friends, amen. Every daughter work pastor, I know you feel like I do right now. It's good to be in church together as a body coming from different parts of this region and worshiping together. I'm already strengthened right now that you are here. Let's welcome all of our daughter work pastors and their churches and their saints. We love each and every one of you. We're so glad to be together. Hey, I feel growth. I feel victory. Amen. I feel I feel motivated. I feel momentum. I feel excited. Amen. God's doing something good today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And we are so honored to have with us uh, brother and sister Turner from Orlando, Florida. My goodness, this is one of the finest couples you ever meet. I met them a little over a year ago at a at a systems and strategies conference, and we were speaking at the same meeting together. And uh, she was the uh, guest speaker talking about guest relations and the value of treating how to treat our guests that come into our churches. It is the best I've ever heard. And I said then, I said, we've got to get Sister Turner. Amen, Brother Ryan Turner. We've got to get them to Zanesville. We were scheduled last year in May, but something happened in 2020. I don't know what happened. Canceled all these flights, you know, but hey, but it couldn't stop them from coming. They are here tonight. They are here tonight. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, brother and sister Turner are a party waiting to happen. They're so much fun. I told them today I can hang out with them every day. I just cutting up and laughing. And uh, they, uh, she works for Disney World and does guest relations training for their employees. And uh, she's got something to bring us tonight. And we want them to come and whatever they have in store. Would you give them a big Ohio welcome? Would you welcome them? We're so glad they're here. Amen. Praise God. 
you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Aren't we glad she's taking time to be with us tonight? Well, hello. How y'all doing? I am Audrea Turner. Uh, that is my husband there, that nice, tall, shiny, bald head man that I love a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are so glad to be in the awesome state of Ohio. Yes. Uh, we're actually Hoosiers, you know, but it's okay. Um, I feel like, you know, we could all be friends still, right? <laughs> I think we should all be cool. Um, I'm just so thankful to be here. Um, before I jump right in to a few things, I want to A, thank you. Y'all got a really great church. You do. You do. You do. You have really awesome music. That is good stuff. You do. And I like good music. You know how hard it is? To, okay, well, you should worship anyway. Worship no matter what, right? But it's easier to worship when it sounds good. I mean, just that's just me. I'm I'm a pray through, but it's a lot easier to worship when you one you can feel. Y'all's y'all's music is a blessing, so that's great. Yes, yes. Um, I also want to just thank you for your hospitality, your kindness. Um, just y'all, just so great. I want to thank for sure your pastor and his family. And I like you. I keep telling you that, Sister Caitlin. I do. I like you. Um, did I say your name right? Is your name Caitlin? No, what's your name? Cindy. Jesus, forgive me, Cindy. I'm gonna get it right next time. This is because I didn't get to know your name and all your life story. But. I really do like you. I think that you're a really great person. And you can just pick that up after like one hello. Yeah. But, um, but tr seriously, truthfully, I, I love your church already. I love your pastors. Okay, y'all, let me tell you real quick and I'll let you sit down. But I, um, we were at Systems and Strategies together. And again, you know how I mentioned I like music and all that good stuff. So Pastor Brown gets up and you know, he's preaching and everything is great. And like, he's at the part of the service where like, you know, he's getting excited and he's a jumper. So I'm like, yes, he is going in, he is ready. And out the blue comes the harmonica. You guys, I about lost it. When I get excited, I like wanna hit something or throw something. Like, don't let me get a revelation of anything and somebody's by me, you will be knocked out, okay? And like, first he's singing, he's doing like, oh, and all this stuff, and we going, we shouting, I'm with it, and he's jumping, and we going, and then the harmonica, and the movement, and I'm like, did y'all know he is playing the harmonica? Why, why are people doing anything? Like, what is happening? So, I'm just saying, if your pastor can jump up and down, he can sing and then get the harmonica, y'all know y'all be having church. I'm just saying. Oh my goodness. I was like slapping Ryan. I'm like, Ryan, did you hear him? He's on a harmonica. I'm like, I, I don't know. I just got like really, I thought that was really awesome. Maybe y'all see the harmonica up here all the time. But in Florida, we don't see the harmonica. So 
just saying. But anywho, uh, I, do, I do love your church, and I'm thankful for your leaders. Special thanks to my pastor, Pastor Mark and Tammy Barrick, who we are so blessed to have in Orlando, Florida. And just my family, my kids, they aren't here, but they have texted me 72 times and called me 57 times while I'm in church trying to let Jesus move and Aaliyah's calling and everything else. But I'm thankful to be here. And one of the things I don't get to do a whole lot um, is because I do these trainings, like sometimes in a professional setting. I don't get to like pray out loud before I start. I go to my office and I pray, and I close the door, they know I'm doing something. And, um, but I get to do this for church people, so I get to pray out loud. So, if you can, join me, and let's pray. Because I feel that God is about to move. I know I'm going to teach you some strategies, yes. But the Holy Ghost is here. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. So before I begin, can you just lift your hands with me? And can we just talk to Jesus? Lord Jesus, you are a good God. You are a good God. You are faithful. You are kind. You are lovely, matchless, powerful. How excellent are you, Jesus? My God, my King, my Savior, my friend. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for the anointing that I know that you are going to give tonight. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for me as I speak, God, help me to be sensitive to your leading. Help me, God, to bless your people like you have blessed me. God, it's not my will, not my own thoughts, not my own ideas or suggestions. I want to be pleasing to you. I want to help your people. I want to further your kingdom with your work, with your leading, with your holiness, with your anointing. Be with us in this place, God. Bless every person here, this city, God. This church that you have called for this city, for these people. Bless them, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. sit down for like my whole agenda just goes right out the window okay so I am Audrey Turner like I mentioned I am um, what I heard Pastor Urshan refer to as um, treaching so I'm like a treacher like when I preach I teach but now I get to teach so I'm really excited um, and we're gonna have a good time and I hope and pray that I give you some sort of tools and resources to kind of help you. You have an outline, but I don't know if we're going to get to all of that. Um, but I still wanted you to have it because it's just a good reference and a good resource for the future. Um, oh, can I say one more thank you? Oh, let's see if I see her. Sister Pam, are you here? Can you wave your hand? Where's Sister Pam? Y'all. <laughs> Sister Pam's great, y'all. She's great. Yeah, she's great. It is, <laughs> guys, I work professionally at Disney, as you heard, but my husband and I are very, very uh, involved in church, and church work is harder than any other work on the planet. 
And church people can make it real easy or real hard. And <laughs> Sister Pam does it with such grace. She's organized. And your organization made me feel so welcomed and so valued. And I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, I got to set my timer because you know how I like the pastor tell you have liberty, but no one likes a really long preacher. So I'm still going to set a timer. <laughs> Just so he can let me come back, maybe. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, just to give you just a little insight, what I do, um, my current position is what you would call a resource planner. To think about Disney is we make a whole lot of things up, and we make up a lot of our job titles. So, that's the easiest way to describe what I do recently. Um, my career there, about 13 years, I've been in leadership positions of various capacities. And one of the things that I always do is I do leadership training. And I also do a lot of training that focuses on guest service, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, etc. And recently, maybe within like the last three years, I have spent a lot of time really focusing on how to bring some of those really great ideas into the church. And... That's kind of where Be My Guest came from because of the training that I have to facilitate at work. Um, I want you to understand one thing very clearly before I even go any further. I'm not trying to make you like Disney. I want that to be clear because some people are like, we don't want to be like them. Okay. I'm not trying to make you be like Disney. I want us to be the church. That's what I want. And if they happen to have good ideas. Although I am convinced that like early on in Disney's history, he had to have like some apostolics working from him because these ideas did not just come from man. Like there has to be some Jesus-filled person way back a hundred years ago when the company started saying, hey, you should treat people like this because they're important. Like, that's not, a, that's not what the world will just kind of come up on their own. God is love, right? So if God is love, don't you think he wants his people to feel love? So there had to be some Holy Ghost-filled person influencing how these people are treating people. So what we're going to do is we're going to, again, just be the church. And I don't want them outdoing us anymore. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. So I want to tell you a quick story. About, I've been there about 13 years. Okay, so I work for Disney, and here's a kicker. I had no intentions of working for that company. No intention at all. My husband and his family, they grew up vacationing all the time. Do you guys, are y'all vacationers? So every year, his family went somewhere for vacation. A lot of times they went to Disney, and I was like, it must be nice because we cannot go when I was younger. So I think I was like 19, 20, 19, 19. I was like 19 or 20, we were married, and he's like, let's go on vacation, take our daughter. And I was like, who wants to go to Disney, Ryan? Like, just because y'all did that growing up, that is not my cup of tea. Take me to great America, I'll live my best life. Like, that is enough. But he's like, no, I want to show you the best. And I was like, these people are not going to be the best. So, long story short, I go to Disney. And I always liked Cinderella, you know, growing up. I don't know why, though, because like, I didn't have a broken home or mean stepmother. Although my mother made me clean a lot, so maybe that's why I could connect. <laughs> but I really have like no real reason to love Cinderella, but I, I do. Okay, so I walk into Magic Kingdom, and mind you, from the moment I get out of my car, okay, so like the parking lot's huge, there's like people in like the tram 
all like, it's first of all, it's like 157 degrees. And I wasn't prepared. I, at the time we lived in Indiana, nobody told me it's gonna be 7,000 degrees outside and you should just be happy. And then, no, that didn't even work. So anyway, get out the car. The people in the tram are nice, ready to go, showing me what we're supposed to do. And they're all excited to be there. They're sweating and like really hot, really hot, but yet happy. So I was like, okay, this is gonna be a long week. So anyway, I get in the tram. We get to the front of the park. We get out, ready to go, have a great time. And these people are smiling like, like it hurts. Like, like one of those where like, I know your cheeks are throbbing by the time your eight hour shift is up. Like, I know your cheeks hurt. But they're smiling and they're happy. And I'm like, okay, what is with these people? So anywho, we get to Magic Kingdom. And of course, like the castle's there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm so excited. And everybody was so nice to me. Like, again, it was kind of creepy though. Cause I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Cause it's too hot for that. But, but they were just really excited and they were so happy that I was there. And they were like, um, it was, I had a first time visit thing. Oh, it's your first time. Welcome. Hello. And it was, was it my birthday too? And, yes, it was my birthday. And then I had the birthday button. So like when you wear the birthday button then everybody has to say happy birthday. So you like walking, happy birthday. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Happy birthday. Okay, got it. Thank you. It was a lot, but everybody did it and everybody was so kind. So, I was like, Ryan, these people are crazy, but okay. He's like, hey, honey, I have plans for you. I have a surprise. You guys, remember how I told you I love Cinderella? Okay. I walk around the castle, and I'm holding my daughter, and like right here, like that tree, you know, like, well, the plant, but I'm walking around. <laughs> the tree of life. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I promise, Pastor. Um, and Cinderella is sitting right there. And she's like, welcome, Audrea. It is so nice to see you. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. And I am, y'all, I am bawling, like hysterically bawling. And I'm holding on to my oldest daughter. This girl, I don't know what happened to her, but like she's hanging on like with a thread. And I'm like, I just love you. And you just everything I ever wanted in my life. And like, I am, I've turned into a maniac and I am just, crying hysterically and she's like well I've never had anyone respond that way I bet you didn't I lost my mind <laughs> so, so she like hugs me and she welcomes me like thank you so much and oh my goodness and I'm so happy and I look at Ryan's like oh my gosh we're gonna be married forever I love you for what you just did and just everything can you can you show that picture for me okay can y'all see this hot mess Lord Jesus Okay, don't judge. Back in the day, I was struggling with attire and what was cute and what wasn't, but the Lord has saved me since then <laughs> and has refilled me with better taste in dress. Um, but you, <laughs> you can't really tell as much, but like my eyes are like puffy. And at the moment, I don't even know how my daughter was still there. Like I could have dropped her. But these people literally made me feel like I was the most important person in the entire world. Like from the moment I get out of my car, every encounter I had, everything, like anything at the, at the merchandise location, the food and beverage, all of these people were like, they were almost brainwashed to be so nice to me. And like, it blew my mind. 
And I said to her, I was like, I can work here. I can do this. And lo and behold, Jesus knew apparently. Uh, not long after that, we ended up moving to Florida and I worked for that company. And I tell you that story because I want you to emotionally connect with what I'm saying. Disney's good at one thing. They're really, really great at making people feel welcome. And they're great at making sure we provide the best level of service we can. But don't tell them I told you because they kind of still employ me, just saying. But I really, really, really am tired of them outdoing us. So we're gonna do this right, okay? So if I were to invite you to a place like that, would you go? You would want to go with me, right? Would you want to go because the place sounds horrible? No. You would probably want to go with me because of the story I told you and how it made you feel, right? And how it made me feel was contagious to you, wasn't it? Our churches, this Holy Ghost we have, it makes us feel real good, doesn't it? Doesn't it make us feel real good? It changes our lives. If you feel great here, then you want your guest to feel great here. If you have had an encounter with someone who has changed your life, someone who welcomed you, you, you want the same experience for someone else, right? You want them to be your guest because you are going to take them to who? The Father. This is why hospitality is important. It's important because we, we, the church, we're providing a service, yes, but we're doing even more. Our, our goal as a company, and I'll kind of get ahead of my little self, but I'll tell you this, our goal, we all know exactly what we're doing. Every single person is doing the exact same thing. No matter what their job is, they are creating happiness. That's our goal. Our goal, us apostolic Pentecostals with truth. Oh yeah, we're getting people to Jesus. That's our goal. But we're gonna love them first. We're gonna make sure they're welcomed so we can create the environment for them to have an encounter with our Jesus. I'll tell you a little bit about our company. Um, a lot of what we do, just like most companies, if you have a job, you understand this. If you have a service, you understand this. If you have been provided a service, you understand every company usually does things for three reasons. They do it because they want people to return, they want to retain them, and they want them to recommend. That is ultimately what you, you're doing, whatever you're doing for, right? Retention, you want people to return, obviously, and you want people to recommend this same place. That's, hospitality will breed that for you naturally, okay? So Disney, we focus a lot on our why, right? So I'm gonna talk to you about that. You have a why you do things, then you have a how and a what. A lot of times we get things confused. We talk about what we're doing first, then how we do it and why we do it. Your how and your what won't matter if you don't know your why. So as a company, they teach us that very early on. One of the things that I did was I will facilitate a course that talked about all of Disney's heritage and it really ingrains the common goal in whatever the cast member is. So if you're a new cast member all the way to one of the VPs of the park, you will go through the same class with me to learn about our heritage, our culture, and why we do what we do. 
It was my job to teach you the why, and then you go into your area, they teach you how and what. Because if you didn't know why you were doing anything, you are not efficient nor effective. And you're really just task-oriented, and you have no connection to a purpose. We have a purpose, and we have a why. We have to remember that so we know our how and our what. So that's what Disney does. Disney teaches us what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. And for us, it was very simple. One of the things that I want you to think about is Disney was kind of created from an idea of crazy faith. And it was because all of Orlando was nothing but a swamp. 27,000 acres, mile, yeah, acres was literally nothing but a swamp. But somehow, this man, he saw, I can do something with that. And the reason why Disneyland and or Disney World exists was because Walt wanted a safe place to bring his family. He wanted a place where he knew his kids will feel great, families will feel great, they were safe, they could be happy, like they can have a life-changing experience. This is why Walt created Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Keep that in mind, okay? What we do, exactly, is based on our why, which I talked to you about, and we provide exceptional guest service. We are known because of our guest service. That's just obvious, otherwise I wouldn't be here, okay? The other thing is, everything we do is based off of a bucket of standards, right? So we have four standards, we call them like our core values. Safety, courtesy, show, efficiency. Every single thing that we do is filtered in these four standards. So remember, our why is to create this happiness, how and what we're doing is based off of these four concepts, these four principles. No matter what new policy, new trend, anything, we do not go away from our why. And nor do we go away from our core values. However, what we do as a company, we do have to remain relevant, but we also have to make sure we are clear, concise, and we provide the information, but our strategies will sometimes change, but our our reason, our purpose, our why never does. That is what they, every process, you guys, every process beyond COVID, every process we do has to tie back to our why, has to check the box of all of our core values, and then we have to make sure everybody understands. That's Disney. Here's the thing. If Disney's doing that, what about us? And Walt Disney had faith, wanted a place for, for people to come. He wanted a safe, clean environment. He wanted a friendly place. He wanted you to feel like you're in a magical place where you can escape your reality. This is why you have Disney, right? So he sounds a lot like a father that I may know, but this father's a good father. Yeah, he's a real good one. This father, he, from the very foundation of the earth, had me in mind, right? So this father knew that he, needed a he had to create a plan for me because I was going to be in sin, but he had to find a way to get me to a safe place, to get me to a point where my life could be changed, to get me to a place where I can encounter and I can experience him. That was what he wanted. Tell me why us as a church body, we cannot 
at one moment forget our why is Jesus and he is a good father. He has better ideas and better concepts than anything you would ever read. So again, tell me why these people can outdo us. Our father is a whole lot better than the one that I'm working for. I tell you that much. But the idea sounds familiar. Like, think about that. And as a parent, you do want to take your kids to a place that's safe. You want to take your, place, your kids to a place where they feel good. You want to feel good. That's what you want. When you go on vacation, you want to be miserable? No. When you go through life, do you want to be miserable? No. So how do we do this as a church? How do we take some of these concepts? And that's what I'm going to help you with tonight, okay? So I kind of gave you a little bit of like what they do, breakdown. I told you I won't hit all of those points, but you all keep it as a reference. But I want you to understand this. Hospitality matters to God, friends. It does. It is something that is important. Hospitality is the environment you all create so your guests can come back where you can retain them and somebody will recommend your church. That's what you want to happen. You want people to be excited about being here. Are you excited about being here? I think so. Y'all jump a lot, so I know y'all excited. You want them to experience that. So can I tell you another story? So I told you the story about like, you know, when I was crying like a crazy person when I saw Cinderella. And you know, truth be told, if I still see her, like when I would, <laughs> when I would go into the parks for different things, uh, backstage areas or whatever, and I would see Cinderella, like, I, like if she was preparing to do something, I like couldn't even look, cause I was like, oh my gosh, there she is. I don't know, I'm weird, I get it. But it was what, she signified how I felt. I remember how I felt that moment I first met her. I remember that. Kids remember that, right? Like you remember these moments where, oh my goodness. There's another moment I remember. I did not, I was not raised um, apostolic Pentecostal. I grew up in church um, my whole life. Everything I knew, I, everything was about church. I didn't find out about this awesome message called truth until I was about maybe 17 years old. And what happened was I worked at the public library. I was a reference page and I had friends who were like, they were, they were 100% amazing church girls. You can kind of tell, like you just knew like, hey, hey, Pentecostals in the library, like you knew. And they were so nice to me. They were so nice to me. They were my friend. Um, they welcomed me, we hung out, we talked and we, became, we built a really great relationship. And they invited me to church. And it was super weird because I went to church anyway, but like they invited me to their church. I was like, okay, hey, fine, friends go to friends' churches. I'm down, I'll go. I get into the parking lot and I pull in, I park my car and I'll never forget it. There is this really, really kind um, elderly gentleman at the door and he grabbed my hand and he was like, hello, like the best handshake of your life. And I was like, hi, like real excited to shake his hand back. And he was like, I'm so glad you're here. He's like, thank you so much. I'm here with my friends, Amy and Abby. Do you know where they are? Whatever. So he walked me to the sanctuary. And I sat in a service. And the service was amazing. The music was great. And like, it was just an amazing service. That same, um, that same day, or maybe a couple services after, yeah, I think it was a few services after, I kept having the same encounter, the same experience. But I remember sitting in my seat, and everybody else around me was all excited and jumping up and down and they made me feel so great. And I said to God, I was like, Lord, 
I've known of you for a real long time, but if everything these people are saying is true, I need this experience. Like, I need to know for myself. And sitting down, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I, yeah, I'm like a for real, like, ax baby. For I was sitting down, and the Holy Ghost fell upon me, y'all. Hey, hey! <laughs> sitting down. And I just sat there, and I lifted my hands, and you guys, I was so happy like I was so happy and I I felt for the first time in my life like I felt God and he was real and he loved me and I mattered and I was special and he had a purpose I didn't know what it was but I was willing and I knew that he had it because he wouldn't have come if he didn't like I just everything that I needed I knew I could find now because I found my Jesus and really he like he found me because he wasn't missing I was the one who was lost he wasn't missing but like I found him, I got him, my life was changed. Like I was never, ever the same. And I, I'm not empty. I'm not perfect, but I'm not empty. I'm, I have joy. I'm, I've overcome. God has saved me. He has healed. He's done amazing things. I want people to feel that. I want them to have their experience with Jesus. I want, I want that so badly. I wanted enough to make sure the moment that they step through this door is that there is nothing that's going to block them, including me not greeting them as I should, or including hospitality and not meeting them. No, there will be no reason to stop them from going from this door to that seat to get the Holy Ghost. Nothing. So if I have to help us build strategies, let's do it. We're going to figure it out because I'm going to get them from this point to that point, from that point to that point, from that point to this point. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what we're going to do. You guys, we have to know our why. Why are we here? I see yours. It's up. I, it's like, uh, I saw it this morning, and then I saw it back in the back. Your, your purpose, your why. So is it back? Oh, there it is. See? Restoring people to a greater purpose. That's your why. Here's the deal. That is your church's why, but has this become your why? That's the difference. At work, in order for us to truly provide great guest service, I personally have to embrace the why. And the why has to matter to me. And I have to buy into it. And I have to believe it. And I have to be convicted by it. I have to want to do whatever it takes for me to create the happiness. You personally have to know your why. And you have to buy into it. It's not enough if Pastor Bounds has it. It's not enough if this why is stamped across all of your information. That's great. But is this your why? And if it's not your why, it's okay. Pray and fast and it will become your why. Seek God. Ask God to give you the burden to make that your why. You don't want to be in the building, going through the motions, and missing it just because you're not willing to ask yourself why. We don't, honestly, y'all, we don't do that. Us church people, we do not ask ourselves why a lot because why is awkward. And why usually causes a little bit of conflict and it causes you to actually stop and think. And we're like an instant gratification type of people right now. 
quickly, if it don't come quick, if I don't get the revelation today, and if I don't jump up and down when I hear pastor say it, then I mean, hey, no, what's your why? Why are you here? Why is this your church? Why is he your God? Because if you know why he's your God, your how and your what is a lot easier. You have to know why. And that part, that part is the part that gives you purpose because it is your purpose. That's the part that makes this so much easier. Being hospitable becomes easy when you know why you're here and why this is your church. So my challenge to you, like I can teach you, honestly, I can teach you hospitality. I can teach you ways to greet people that are beyond personality. I can do all that. But what I cannot teach you is why you love the Jesus that you love. That is on you. That is your encounter. That is your testimony. So you ask yourself personally, why do I love my church? And here's the thing, if you love your church, don't you want other people to experience your church? And don't you want to do any and everything possible to make sure that when they get here, they feel like it's their church too? Don't rob them of that. Don't do it. You guys have it going on over here, I'm telling you. you hands down. But when it comes to your guest, don't rob them of the opportunity to encounter the Jesus that you are here for just because we miss a couple things along the way. They are the most important thing in this room right now. Your guests definitely are, because you, you belong here, you go to this church. They don't necessarily know any of that yet. Get them to the place where you are. But you do that with hospitality. I want you all to think about this story. Me and my husband were talking about this. And this would be my last part, and then we'll go into practical things on the back, which I talked to you about. When you think of hospitality, I need you to understand that hospitality is work. I need you to understand that hospitality is creating an environment where people feel welcomed, where people feel like they belong, where people feel valued, where people feel like they're not an inconvenience, where people feel like this is home. Hospitality creates an environment where the miraculous can happen. At work, we say hospitality would create like magical moments or opportunities to create happiness. Here, I'm gonna tell you all, hospitality really creates those moments for the miraculous. I am convinced. And like before, I know like, this is one of those things that's really hard to preach at churches because it's like, you know, we got the Holy Ghost sister, we're fine. Yeah, but you can have the Holy Ghost and be real mean sometimes too. And you don't want that. You don't want that. When you think of, we were talking about this, my husband and I used to go and um, up until recently, because now like we're youth pastors, again, I feel like I'm way too old for that job. So I saw my pastor, I was like, are you sure? Because I don't know if you really want me doing this. But anyway, before we did that, we were uh, small group directors or group directors, and we would go to like the trainings and we would help train churches, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that we used a lot in our group training was the story about like, you know, the, the guys who lowered the paralyzed man through the roof to get to Jesus, you know, that story. 
And we use that to talk about why groups are important. Like you need groups because it was these four or five, however many guys it was, and they were committed to getting him to Jesus because they knew Jesus can save him and all that is true. This week I was thinking, and I was telling Ryan, I was like, babe, I thought about something. We use that to help provide examples for why we need small groups, groups, et cetera, and how they matter. But we forget the hospitality piece to that. And I realized what it was. Do you think that those friends would have gone through all that trouble to crack open a roof to get their friend to Jesus if they knew he would not be welcome there? Absolutely not. They figured out, okay, well, we can't get in this way. We can't get in this way. Okay. Any ideas, bro? You got an idea? They're obviously talking about this. And they decide the roof is the best option. But they decide the roof is the best option because they knew if they would get their friend to Jesus, he'll be obviously saved and healed. But they also knew that that was an environment where that man would be welcomed. We are the church. People are coming through our roof. They're coming through the side doors. They're coming through the alley. I don't know, you have a crawl space. I don't know where they're coming from, but they're coming. We're going to create the environment where Jesus can do what he's going to do because I'm going to make sure that they know that they're welcomed. That's what we're doing. We are going to create the environment where all are welcome and God will do the rest. Do not hinder the Holy Spirit because we don't give them an opportunity to get here and feel welcomed. They're going to read you before they read your Bible. Before Pastor Bounds has an opportunity to preach this word, before they can hear this awesome music, they're going to walk through that door and walk through the foyer. Before you can preach truth, you got to preach you're welcomed. You got to preach we love you. We got to preach you are welcomed here. My father's house, he's waiting for you. This is what you want your guests to feel. So you kind of have an understanding of what Disney does and how it's important. Some of the things that I want you to keep in mind here, your why, we're talking like your, your how and your what, your strategy, your task, all that stuff. And like your leaders to kind of help you navigate through that. But now I want to do practical things because those are the things that like are tangible that you can like do right now. Okay. And when you think hospitality, don't think I have to be all bubbly. It has nothing to do with hospitality. It's the environment in which you create the Holy Ghost. When he moves upon you, usually God is moving you not a person that you are not even. Like he, I'm, I'm Audrea Turner, right? When the Lord moves upon me, I am still Audrea Turner. So when hospitality starts to happen, you're still gonna be you. I'm not asking you to be someone you're not. I'm asking you to, again, be the church, but be you and make sure what you're doing is welcoming. So that starts with you, okay? So let's jump into our practical applications. Are y'all ready? Um, Hold on one second. I'm going to pause and take a drink of water. There's no other way to do that without making it less awkward, so I might as well tell you what I'm about to do, okay? Stand by. Oh, wait, he gave me one. Praise the Lord, who did this? Oh, you're so great. Thank you. 
Usually my pastor's like, I wish I was a Diet Coke. And we'd be like, really, Pastor? We cannot get you Diet Coke in the church. <laughs> Spill that on the carpet. The <laughs> sit back will be bad. Anyway, all right, I'm back. I got to focus. See, this is why I'm telling you, they got to watch it. Okay, quick and easy ways to improve your guest experience. This is where it gets real, saints. I think if I sing it, it'll sound better. No, it won't. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can sing, but it's not something you really want to sing. Okay. First one. Everybody say this with me. One, two, three. Smile. Lord have mercy. How come apostolic Pentecostals are the less smiliest group of people I've ever met in my life? Why are we not? We got the Holy Ghost. What in the world? Why do we not smile? Jeez. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Jesus saves you from, but Jesus saved me, and he is a real good God, so believe me, he is worth a smile here and there. I'm just saying. So, you can smile, even with a mask. Okay, example. Well, can you see me? You can't see me. Well, I was going to put my mask on and see if you can tell if I was smiling or not, but you get it. But if you see me walking around, I'm going to have on my mask. You can tell with my mask on if I'm smiling. Listen, y'all, we didn't smile before the mask, so we really got to smile harder now. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. You guys, a smile is a part of your uniform. It is a part of your attire. Holiness is definitely what we are. But oh my Lord, have mercy. You can look real, real unholy with that frown on your face and your real cute skirt. We got to smile, y'all. The, the whole, like holiness becomes, um, it's obviously recognizable, but it's like even more intriguing when you have joy with it as opposed to like, hello. What? Like, y'all, we, again, we have Jesus, and we got the Holy Ghost, and we know holiness, and we got all these great things. We can totally smile at people. So it just, it makes it, it brings it all together, right? And a smile is a universal language, and it's contagious. I don't have to speak Spanish or Haitian Creole. I can smile, and all of a sudden, we have connected. Smile. Okay, so practice. Okay, here's a go. Are you ready? Turn to somebody, even with your mask, and smile. Okay, truth be told, when you smile, don't people smile back? Exactly. Okay, but if somebody smiles at you and you, do, and they, like, well, you smile and they don't smile back, okay, that is a totally different ballgame. Walk away and just call it wonderful. Say you tried. But I'm just joking. Smile again. But smiling helps, okay? Make sure you smile. Here's the next one. Manners. Where are your Manners. They always have, and they always will be important. A good old please and thank you goes a long way. That is honestly one of the, like, smiling and having manners and, like, courtesy is probably the biggest part of hospitality. Like, it's just nice to be courteous. Like, it's just the right thing to do, right? Like, and again, 
All of these things matter to God. Oh, Jesus, my time, bro. Y'all got to go. I'm just joking. Hold on. I was like, who's calling me? They know I'm trying to preach. Thanks. Stop. Okay. But I know how much time I have left. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Back to what I was saying. So, um, what did I tell you guys before that timer went off? Who's listening? Oh, man. It's praise the Lord. Y'all listening. Hey. Y'all easy to, t- to preach and teach, too. I like this. Um, yes, so you're being courteous and all those things, it just matters. Oh, and I was saying how hospitality matters to God. And what does the scripture say? They know that we're, how do they know we're Christians? How do we know we're his disciples? By our what? Our what? Our love. You can't love people without action. And usually love is a joyous, happy something. So if you're smiling and you're courteous and you're kind, people will know there is something different about you. And they're going to be intrigued and they want to know what it is. And that's your opportunity because that's your Jesus. So again, you now you're doing your why. I am doing all this. I know what I'm doing this for. All of these things are happening and these people are being led to Jesus. Don't lose that part. Again, this is why we're doing this. Hospitality is action, y'all. And it requires you giving of yourself. Here's the deal. Hospitality is not limited or based on your personality. That's an excuse. Stop saying, well, I'm an introvert. Okay. Praise the Lord for that. Oh, I'm an extrovert. I'm like, I'm a big bubbly personality, obviously. Okay. That doesn't mean that that gives me a guarantee right into hospitality. I can be extra bubbly and rude and not hospitable at the same time. So it doesn't matter about your personality. Hospitality is something that you do outside of yourself and it's important and it's an action. Just like love is an action, creating a, hospitali- a hospitable environment is doing something. Here's what you have to do. You have to seek out opportunities to be hospitable. No one likes doing that because it could be awkward. But those moments where you can seek it out and try to do the very best you can to be hospitable. You guys embrace hospitality or like I mentioned earlier, you will hinder your guest's opportunity to encounter Jesus. You don't want that. You just, you don't want that. Here's another one. And I haven't heard this since I've been here, so I thank you guys again. Y'all already ahead of, the, ahead of the game. You do not have visitors that attend your church for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time. You don't have one visitor. You don't. If you have, I don't know what to say if you have visitors. You don't. You have guests. Visitors are people you are not expecting. Visitors are like not really welcomed. Visitors are inconvenience. They are like a visitor, like, okay, example. When you have like a pest that visits you or like a pet that wasn't a pet and it just showed up at your house, like that is definitely a visitor. I don't know what you have in Columbus, but let me tell you, if I have something visiting my house, like those um, lizards that we have, oh yes, you are not welcome here. You are no guest. You're probably from the pits of the lake because I can't handle you. But you don't have visitors. You have guests. Guests you are anticipating. You are ready for. You are excited about because you know your why. So when you have a guest, it's like, oh, my goodness, here's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. I get to make them feel, oh, my goodness, I get my opportunity to greet them, my opportunity to connect after service, my opportunity to be a part of, again, point A, point B, point C, Point D, however it works, I get an opportunity to do that with a guest, not with a visitor. 
So your language, I haven't heard anybody say our visitors. I always hear you say guests. Keep that going. A lot of places don't do that. So make sure you know that they are your guests. When your guests ask questions, everybody in the church should be able to answer those questions. For example, you should all know who your pastor is. I've actually had people say, what's the pastor's name? I'm like, dude, how long you been going to this church? You should know your pastor's name. You should know if you have a Sunday school ministry. You should know if you have a group ministry. You should know the ministries of your church. Those are the things that you need to be prepared to answer when your guests ask, okay? If the guests ask, where's the restroom? Do not point, you walk them to the restroom. If you, and I know it sounds weird, like why am I walking them across the hall? It's because in that moment, you can build a relationship, you can build a connection. You, you can take 30 to 45 seconds to connect with that person, and now this guest who's here for the first time now knows someone. And they don't feel like super awkward. They feel like, oh my goodness, this is great. Walk them to the restroom. If you point, don't point with one finger. We, we train that at work, because this is very offensive in certain languages. Certain cultures, you are cursing at them if you point at them. So we do things like a hand or show. That's something simple, do that. This is the biggest one. Keep the church grounds clean. Hospitality is about the environment. And if the environment looks gross, how do you think they're gonna think you're gonna take care of them? You cannot claim to be a great caretaker of someone's soul if you can't take care of your church. I'm sorry, it won't work. We at our company have thousands of cast members, and how many custodial cast members do you think we have? Thousands. Every single person, regardless of what their title is, they are responsible for the upkeep of those parks and resorts. You're responsible for the upkeep of your church. Do not walk past trash on the floor. If you don't want to touch it, grab a napkin and pick it up. Don't walk past it. Don't walk past things outside on the ground. Don't think it's somebody else's job. No, it's your job. This is your church. This is your home. Take care of what God gave you. Value it. Because if they see that you don't take care of this, they're not going to trust you with their messy lives. Keep your church ground clean. This facility is way too nice for y'all not to keep this thing clean. It is incredible. Keep it that way. Next one. Create a welcoming environment for all. We are big on this at work. We don't discriminate against race, religion, all these other things. Don't discriminate against race, disability, or sin. Doesn't matter. I know sin makes us uncomfortable. It should. But sin, sinful people, sinners, hello, us, and such are some are you. Welcome them because the very same God that changed you and healed you and delivered you is the very same God that can save and heal and deliver them. Give them a chance to get here. Don't discriminate against the sin. Because just because you may be able to see their sin on the outside don't mean we didn't see or God didn't see the sin you had on the inside. So give them an opportunity to be here so they can be changed too. Don't discriminate against it and make sure they feel even more welcome because they had to fight the gates of hell to get through that door. Don't forget that. Make them feel like they're going to be changed here and they're welcome here and I promise you it will happen. I know that. Next up, 
Uh, volunteers, I told you guys should be quickly able to answer those questions. This one is big, and I know it sounds weird, but I'll teach you. So we at work, we have this thing called magical moments. So you want to create these magical moments, these moments where like really, really great things happen. But we create that environment where those things can happen. And here's the thing, we call like a magical moment, like an unexpected life change or something special, something thoughtful. We need to help we can't recreate God, but we need to create moments where God can work. And we do that by being hospitable. We do that by welcoming people. When your guests come through that door, people are coming in and they have no idea where to go, no idea what to do. You guide them. You guide people through repentance. You guide people through like what the plan of salvation looks like. Why can't we guide them to a seat? Like that's the easy part. Like, Walking you to your seat, that's easy. Make sure you help your guests understand all of what's happening around them and where they should go. Like, if this is for seniors only, when your guests come in, show them, hey, would you ha we have seat for you. How many people do you have with you? Welcome. Again, now I'm connecting. Now I'm not just a first-time guest who has no idea what's going on. I'm not awkward. I have a purpose. You've helped me. Connect them because you're going to create a God moment where something beautiful can happen because we didn't drop the ball along the way. That's hospitality. We're helping create the environment where we're welcoming it all for God to move and God to change their lives. Okay? Next one. Take it personal to make it better. This one I actually got from uh, groups training at North Point. And I love this. And like uh, I asked them, I was like, can I take this? I won't, I won't give you credit. Take things personal because you will make it better. Put yourself in, a, in the shoes of a first-time guest at your church. What does it feel like? And then if you put yourself there, if things make you uncomfortable and you've been here, how in the world do you think it makes a person who just walked through the door? Think about that. If it's something you would want to experience, don't force anybody else to experience it. Take it personal. Help change it. Take things personal. Here's another one. I'm almost done, y'all. Guest recovery. Now this one I added recently because I saw how important it was. We call guest recovery a part of our guest service, so if there's an issue, we quickly resolve the problem. And we correct it and we learn from it. For example, we have families, you all, that come and stay for about a week, and more often than not, they stay for four to five years to come to Disney. Like, they stay for years. And we tell our cast, you will not be the one thing that they remember that kind of ruined their experience. Because of that, we're quick to recover. So if there is an issue, or if we make a mistake, or if there is an experience or an encounter, we quickly go to that guest, we help, we try to learn from it, we try to fix it, we try guest recovery because it matters because we don't want to be the last impression or the one negative experience that will change whether they come back or not. And we, Sometimes in church, we don't do guest recovery because we don't necessarily see the value in it. But I am not allowing anything, including myself, my personality, my processes or whatever, to be one reason why somebody else does not come back to church. I get it. There's going to be people with, you know, situations and demons and any and everything else. I get it. I'm with you. I understand. But there are some situations that are really just a mistake and people just 
need to understand that it was an error and we're sorry and we can fix it. It's okay to do that. It's okay to apologize. I'm so sorry nobody helped you when you first came in. That's okay. That's better than acknowledging it didn't happen. If we can do guest recovery, I guarantee you we can do soul recovery. Because we know, like, think about this. People who lead a church, some people leave because they got issues. Okay, I get it. But then there are some people who leave because they were hurt or something happened and no one cared to do any guest recovery. And it was a very simple situation that we could have fixed and rectified and they would still be in the church. Not every situation is about something horrific, something demonic. Sometimes it's just us in our flesh. We make a mistake. We don't recover. And then what happens? With our guests, if there's an issue, we don't direct them. If we don't help them, if they came and they said no one spoke to me, it's okay. Fix it next time and make it better. Do it for your guests. Do it for your members. And do it for each other. If you had guest recovery with, as a church, a lot of us wouldn't have half the conflicts we have in a church because people would be quick to recover. It will be quick to fix it. Have the same mentality for your guests. Keep learning, keep growing. It may cost you a little, but not learning and growing will cost you everything. Keep that. My last section for you is guest service during COVID. COVID has really, really messed with a lot of people, obviously. But here are a couple of things I want you to keep in mind. Three things that I personally have noticed from COVID is that uh, COVID has brought about or exposed a whole lot of fear, awareness, and longing. That's what I've observed from a guest perspective, right? If we apply our understanding of guest service, God moments, and different things like that, we can negative, like we can combat this negative stuff that is attached to COVID. And when I say fear, everybody's, not everybody, but there is a fear that came with this whole 2020, okay? Rightfully so, I get, I understand. Not right, but I get it. Then there's that awareness. Everybody desired to be in a know. They want to know what's going on. Where are we at now? What's happening? Because obviously we had to know because it was curfew or if it was like shut down. It was just, you needed to be aware of what was happening. And then you had that longing. So from a guest service perspective, understand that you need to provide a clean, welcoming, and safe environment for people. Coming out of COVID, that's what people need. To know that you care enough about their safety, which I see you guys are doing. Keep your place clean, make sure they feel welcome. You're gonna have to combat the fear that people have when they're coming back to church, or even when your guests are going to a church. Keep that in mind. Your God moments, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. You provide opportunities for your guests to experience that. And you need to have discernment to understand how COVID has impacted people differently. Do not be judgmental to your guests or your members about their perspective on COVID because you don't know what it was like for them. And we're so quick to do that because you should just, we say, we got the Holy Ghost, just get over it. Well, you didn't know that Susie's grandma died from COVID. So don't say that to Susie. She got the same Holy Ghost you have, but she's grieving. You gotta understand that this is what your guests are gonna feel and your members will feel it too. So be sensitive to each other. Ask God to give you discernment so you know what to say and how to deal with people who may experience or have fears about this. Sometimes the elders, they, this is hard for them. Do you know some of these people haven't even got to see anybody for a long, like they went from us as a church, we went from being together, what, two, three, four times a week and we can't even see each other maybe once a week? That's hard. 
But be understanding of that and know, spiritually I have to be discern- I have to have discernment, but from a guest perspective, I need to let them know that they're welcome here and this is a safe environment and we care about their safety, okay? For the awareness piece, guests wanna know what's going on. They wanna know where to go, what to do, what your church has to offer, who you are, all that stuff. Use your technology for that. You have great resources, use it. People wanna know what you offer. People wanna know what this church is about. People wanna know how it impacts them. Make sure you teach them that. Use, use that idea of the people want to be in the know now to your benefit. The God moment of that is to help people fulfill, fulfill I'm sorry, their de- desires as an individual. At our church, we say, when it comes to the different like volunteers and resources, we tell the people a lot, people want to be needed and known. When it comes to being like aware of what's going on around you, People want to know that you know them, and they want to know that you know more than just their name. I may be real about what your name, but if you give me 30 seconds to talk to you, I will remember everything about you. I was asking Ryan, whoa, who's we with at lunch today? I don't see him. Where do we go to lunch? Uh, brother, Ad- is it Adam? Okay, I couldn't remember Brother Adam's name, but I remember that Brother Adam was in Austin, then he was in Colorado, and then like he doesn't like the, the restaurant we we're going to go to because they have broccoli and the fajitas, which is super weird, and I agree. Like, I... Re- <laughs> I remembered all that, I just didn't remember his name, right? But I now know those things about him because I took the moment. People want to be needed and known. They want to know that they belong in this church and you need them and that you know them, especially after COVID. Last one. This is the biggest thing that I realized for COVID purposes and like guest service and hospitality is the longing that COVID-19 has created. People long to be together. People longed for connection. People longed to see a smiling face without a mask. Like people longed for relationship for people. From a guest service perspective, you need to make sure that this is a welcoming environment for them to be a part of a community, to be a part of something. They want relationship. We are not meant to be in isolation and away from one another. That's not how this works. There is a longing with us for a reason. Use that. From the moment they drive on this parking lot to the moment, every, every part of this ministry, every member, it's your job to make sure they feel that you don't have to long for a relationship. You don't have to long for a home because you found one. And I'm going to make sure that I provide those opportunities where you feel that. That's what people need after COVID. That's what your hospitality should do. That's what your greeters, your, your ministers, your Sunday school teachers, every ministry should be doing the same thing. And that is making your guests feel like they belong here. They made the right decision coming to your church. They did. This is the best place for them to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. And lastly, people after COVID experiences, are longing simply for Jesus, whether they know it or not. They could be looking for peace. They could be looking for joy. They could be looking for love, freedom from depression, anxiety, frustration, from all those things. And y'all can show them how to get that. You create these opportunities for them. Don't hinder what God can do in their life because we can't get hospitality right. Help them get to.
to Jesus. Smile them to the altar. Smile them to Jesus. We should make a song. Oh my gosh, I got it that quickly. Smile, please. Make sure we do our part. I do not want the world outdoing the church. We are the people of God. We are known as what? Holy rollers and tongue talking, sanctified, Holy Ghost feel, run baptized. We are known for that. We also need to be known for being welcoming, hospitable, happy, kind, loving to each other and especially to our guests. And once you get your guest part down, oh, the members, all that, all that stuff, it's like a ripple effect. Like, hospitality becomes a culture and you create it for your guests and each other. Oh my goodness, this church, Lord Jesus. I'm gonna come back and you're like, you don't need, we don't need you, we got this. Cause you guys are just that great and I am thankful to be here and I hope that some of what I gave you, you could actually use and you're encouraged by it, but y'all got a good thing going. Don't let hospitality get in your way. Let it be what fuels your next step. Let it be what fuels what God is going to do because y'all will create the environment for him to do what he does best and that is to change lives. I love you all. God bless you in Jesus name. Thank you. Oh, wasn't that tremendous? Oh, let's give her another hand of appreciation. <laughs> Sister Turner taught us tonight from her heart. She's very passionate, wanting everybody to experience what we love. That's a touch of God. And uh, she was telling us earlier in our meeting with our pastors is that people make up their mind whether they're coming back or not in the first two minutes that they step on your grounds. The first two minutes. And they should, there should be a chain reaction from one person to the next all the way to the seat, even to the altar, even to the baptismal, if that's where that goes that there is someone being hospitable every step of the way from the moment they come on our grounds to the moment that they get in their car, that they have an experience with no confusion, no awkwardness, but they feel welcome. They say, that was a great experience. How many want that to happen here at the Anchor? Amen. <laughs> this, as you've heard her teach, and go ahead and play. I, she's... She opened up, and Brother Ryan opened up to us today, and uh, a spirit of weeping came over me, and I've cried. Uh, I could have been on my knees repenting because I think I can do it better. I think we can do better. Uh, you know, and let me just take this for what it's worth, and it's, it should never be that we've attended church 5,000 times and we come in and someone's sitting in our seat and we get mad. We ought to celebrate that. There's a guest in my seat. I, I get to give a... I 
I love to hear somebody call me sometime and say, Pastor, guess what? Well, what? I got to give somebody a parking spot today. I had to park down the road somewhere because, because we celebrate that guests are hearing the gospel. That a guest is able to experience what we love and embrace so much. The anchor churches are, are very adamant about their love for God, their love for the house of God, and we love our experience. But I'm telling you, in this end time revival, there's tens of thousands that God wants to send to our churches right here in North America. I'm talking about just an anchor. There's millions across North America, but we've got to embrace that. I'm going to be a, a hospitable. I'm going to be in guest relations. I'm going to be a part of the dream team. I'm going to make sure the campus is clean. I, husbands and wives and children all get the same vision. We're not walking by a piece of trash. We want this to be an experience of hospitality because hospitality will bring an atmosphere for miracles. Isn't that what you said? Amen. How many believe hospitality can bring miracles? Can bring miracles. It's an experience. Won't you lift your hands and love the Lord right now and, and ask God to speak to your spirit on a personal level. Lord, we love you today. We love you today. Hallelujah. Lord, forgive me. I want to do better. I, I want to see it the way you see it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, we praise your name. Thank you for what we feel. Help us to become, Lord, we, we know we can be better. That's why we're growing. We desire to grow, and grow comes with conflict. And, oh Lord, with change, and we can't change without conflict, and we feel that conflict, but we change. Come on, every member in the room, whether you're from Zanesville or another campus right now, I'm vowing to change the way we do things. We will be better. Our altar working team, our baptismal team, our greeting team, our children's ministry, youth ministry on every level, our saint, our guest recovery, oh God, every area. Come on, pray with pastor right now. I pray these things, God, we will be better as a body. We're going to remove awkward. We want somebody to hear the gospel. Oh, God, I'm going to be a part of this. I will not let anybody stand alone and not know where to go. I'll help them to their seat. I'll make a seat for them. I'll give them my parking spot. I'll do whatever i got to do. But I want them to hear the gospel that changed my life. Hallelujah. Take my hands. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. You can use anything, Lord. Use me. Close your eyes and sing it with me. 
you said when church starts at six, that's for the saints. Uh, he said, he said, he said, that's for the guests. That's what he told. Church says six on the sign. It says 10 on the sign. He said, it ought to be on time. But that's for our guests to come in. That, that's when it starts. He said, before our saints, they ought to be there ahead of time preparing. Preparing an atmosphere of prayer and worship and willing to be used. Hey, I, we're so glad you're here. Look at your neighbor and say, hello. You know, we're so spiritual, we got to act that way, you know. Guest comes in, he ain't never been in church before. And we say, well, praise the Lord. My brother said, you know how funny, my brother David, he said, next time somebody says, praise the Lord, I'm just going to start dancing right in front of him. I don't care if it's in Walmart, restaurant, I'm just. You know, in an apostolic language, praise the Lord just means hello, you know. Just say hello, because that's strange terminology to a guest. It is. Well, what's your name? I'm, I'm Brother Aaron Bounds. Why did you say brother? They don't understand that lingo. Or it's, I'm Pastor. Just a few moments ago, I was in the prayer closet talking to Gabriel. I'm the pastor, but when I meet a guest, I'm just Aaron. Hey, my, my name's Aaron. What's your name? And we got to get past all the fluff of, and just be normal. People, people need you to be normal. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, just be normal. Just be, just be you. somebody feel welcome that's right spend a little time with them take time don't rush in don't rush out how many want to do better as a body how many believe we can do better as a body we can I feel so blessed I think we ought to have them back to do some training for us what do you think wouldn't that be awesome we want you to come back we want you to come back There, don't, don't listen to the report of the world. There are thousands of people that want what we have. Millions of people that are hungry and searching for a move of God. We have it. We just need to break awkward. Amen. That was awkward. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, I feel like I was by myself in this room all of a sudden. Huh? Where'd everybody go? The rapture take place, my lands. No matter, no matter how small the group is, and let's talk, everybody say small groups. Small groups should be the same principle that we're launching in March the 28th. Small groups should be the same principle. Everybody there in that small group, the goal is to have guests to come. It's the same principle. Everybody knows what's going on. By the way, for those that don't know, I, my name's Aaron Bounds. I'm the pastor of the Anchor Church. We ought to know what's going on. It's our church. We try our best to communicate in so many ways. And aren't you looking forward to the teaching by our assistant pastor, Brother Cody, up to grave on Wednesday about first steps? And it's a great program. 
It's excellent. And so, uh, and so people are watching online. They're wanting to be involved. Make sure you come Wednesday night. And this is something that we're so excited about because we want people like Lavelle, my brother. Hey, hey, come stand beside Pastor. He's, he's getting his life together. But he's led two people to the Lord. Baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, high five. That's the why. He hasn't been through new life. He hasn't finished first steps. But guess what? He, he is saying, hey, let me just tell you what I do know. I know that Jesus has already changed my life and he can do it for you. says I need a miracle I need healing I want to give my life to God amen anybody you can come to this altar we will we will we will pray with you let's one more time God in Jesus name thank you for every person that's here thank you Lord for the amazing people of God hallelujah in Jesus name in Jesus name God bless you we will see you on Wednesday if not we'll see you next week you're dismissed in Jesus name Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.